Hi, it's Jill Schlesinger. On this episode of Jill on Money, we are trying to help you save money on your taxes. The way to pay less tax when it counts is to pay some tax now at lower rates. In other words, you're buying the taxes on sale, especially on an IRA or a 401k. That's money you're counting on for retirement. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast, where we are gearing up. It is high time that you attack your taxes. So we have an expert, Ed Slot, who is joining us. You may have seen him on PBS and heard him on our show before. He is ready to rock and roll. New tax code. Are you ready? Let's go. You're listening to Jill on Money with Jill Schlesinger. Ed Slot, the founder of irahelp.com, the brilliant retirement expert, tax expert, the host of the PBS series, Retire Safe and Secure with Ed Slot, the friend of the podcast and radio show. (laughs) Ed, welcome back. Great to be back. Thanks, Jill. Well, last year you said that this tax season would be um, a challenging one. Uh, That's a nice word. Some you said. I think you said actually that it was going to be a disaster. Yeah. And do you think it's a disaster? Well, expectation-wise, absolutely. People thought they were getting all this money back because that's what they were promised, and they don't understand the difference between a refund and paying and their actual tax liability. So what happened was we get this big tax cut at the end of 2017. And in the beginning of 2018, the IRS changed their the tax withholding tables, which is how most people pay their taxes, right? right? Through my income. And it goes right out of your paycheck. Right. No problem. And you live on a net paycheck. And for many people, they may not have noticed it, but their net paycheck could have been higher throughout 2018 by a little bit. Right. But it's a little bit each paycheck. And that adds up. Even if you're paid monthly, that's 12 paychecks. A lot of people are paid weekly. It's a little bit times 52. Could this be a bit of an issue in that with most people now getting paid with direct deposit, that you're not looking at your pay stub necessarily? Kind of all right, goes right. in, right? You know, remember when we used to get paid and we'd right, look yeah. at the stub and you'd say, <laughs> the first paycheck you ever got, you said, yeah. who What's is this? this guy, FICA? Hate Where's him. my. <laughs> Hate him. Hate that FICA guy. And and we don't right. do that anymore. You just. Right. Some yeah, you're money, right. Right. It's and, just a net amount. That's my net. Okay. And I'll get this big refund. Matter of fact, they, they, this is where the expectations come in. They say it'll probably be even a bigger refund because look what he said, a big tax cut. Seventy you percent know? of Americans are going to get money back was what they right. said. And so what has happened is we now have a great a teaching moment with Ed Slot. Yeah. Where we found out that the amount that was withheld changed. Mm-hmm. Your net, many of you, not every one of you, okay, I get it. Many of you got a net amount that was a little bit higher, and that little bit was partially your tax cut. Yeah, or your refund Or in your advance. refund in advance. <laughs> now you go to file, and instead of getting $2,900 refund, you got a 2700 or a 2400 Or you might owe. Or you might owe. And, and this is a shock to the system, and it does reverberate through the economy, all the spending that was projected. Let's, so let's start with, like, a few different cases. So you don't owe, but your refund is smaller. Should you adjust your withholding? 
Well, if your refund is smaller, maybe not. The theory is you've been giving the government less of a loan all those all of that time. But there are some people that count on a big refund because they have it earmarked to pay down last year's credit card bills, or it's never to save. I never heard anybody, I've been doing taxes for 40 years, and I never heard anybody, ooh, that's a big refund, I'm going to save it. I usually have the people sitting in front of me and say, oh, let's go here, let's go there, let's do this. They, they, they have it spent. Mm-hmm. So if those are your expectations and you have it spent and it's not there, that's going to be a problem. And if you are a saver, then just take that fatter paycheck and do something with it. I mean, it is easier to kind of direct money than it ever was. So you can have more money going to a retirement account or set up an automatic draft to an IRA account or a Roth IRA account. All those things can happen. you got to do something, of course. Yeah, that's a good point. And it ties in with your earlier point where you don't see the money. It's direct deposit. If you could set up, say, a, an average worker can do a Roth IRA and set up a little bit of each paycheck, you wouldn't even feel it. In the end of the year, you'll have the 5500 or 6000 in a Roth IRA without even feeling it because it's just in that net check. And for those of you who are listening, you know, Getting that money to work for yourself is so much easier because there are very low-cost options. There are no longer these big, fat minimums. There's a zillion different places you can do this. Okay, so what happens if you owe a lot of money? And give us a scenario where someone may have gotten a refund in the past, but now is owing thousands of dollars. I'm not talking about someone who sold a big piece of real estate or something, but who is the person who that usually would be in this scenario? Do you mean somebody whose income is relatively the same, but because of the withholding, they didn't do anything different? There were no aberrations? Or that they didn't realize that whatever their withholding was, was not going to be withheld to account for the fact that they could have a limit on their salt, their salt, their state and local tax deduction, or that's something. So who are those people, do you think? Well, who are they or what are they supposed to do? Let's say who are they and what should they do? All right. Those are people in high-tax states like New York, uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, you know, the or California, all over the country. And they're realizing they're not getting the tax deductions that they thought they would have. And it's people with children. Remember, all the exemptions are gone. <laughs> if you've seen the new form, people say, where do I take off my kids? No, no, that's part of the new bigger standard deduction. That was taken away. So uh, there's been a lot that's been taken away that you probably don't notice, but it's now all in the standard deduction. So you may have to adjust your withholding going forward. And if you owe money, you probably won't get a penalty if you withheld at least what you withheld in the prior year. Uh, and IRS has already come out and said, you know, we're going to forgive some of these penalties. I guess they have to because of the backlash. But as long as you pay what you owe by April 15th, you should be okay. What do you think is in a, like a reasonable range for a refund where you should just say, eh, you know, like... A thousand bucks or something. You don't Maybe have to change. Maybe that's good. You know, look, in the perfect ideal world, you, you, you want it to be zero. Right. Because then you didn't give the government a loan for the year you paid your exact tax. But that almost never happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably zero to a thousand refund. Just so nobody wants to owe money. That's the worst thing as an accountant. For, you tell people you owe money. You know, then they think, well, can't you do better? Sharpen oh your God. pencil. I know. It's not, not good. And so there's a couple of big changes. I guess the question would be is... What people will have to do to really judge their own situation is to say, look at your 2017 return, look at your 2018 return. Because I think that there are people who are saying, well, I've lost my exemptions, but 
maybe they're doing better anyway. There are some people that are doing better with the higher standard deduction. See, this is a new tax system. You can't even do what you just said, compare 17 to 18. It's it's not apples to apples. They're two different tax uh, systems. So this will be the first year you can look at 18. And with all the projections, nobody really knew how it would come out because everybody's situation is different. As you just said, some people will benefit from the higher standard deductions because they didn't have, maybe they didn't own a home and they didn't have big mortgage interests and taxes and things like that. So they did better. Right now, this year, when you do your 18 return will be the first time you'll see how this new tax system affects you. And then you can plan ahead. That is the baseline. I always like 17 versus 18 to really say, like, what are the total taxes I paid? Presuming you have the same income. That's the part that's harder, Right. right? So you can say, well, let's say in 2017, I paid 50 grand in taxes. Right. And in 2018, I lost all this. This was limited, but I paid pretty much the same amount. Or you might have paid a little less, but you owe money because you got it back in withholding. And you didn't realize it. And there are some people that are going to make out well on this new 20% tax deduction for what they call qualified business income, which is a nightmare on a tax return. This was the nuttiest provision, and uh, that's a nice word. Uh, The fact that they picked all these winners and losers, some occupations qualify, some don't. Uh, There's income limits and wage and capital testing. But most people under these limits, if you have a small business, that's like what we call a Schedule C, a sole proprietorship, or a pass-through like an S-corporation, an LLC, or a partnership, if you have relatively lower income, uh, you're going to see a 20% tax deduction for most of those people. So that's a big hit if you you have a small business. So that's good news Yeah, there. that was a big uh, big benefit out of this yes, tax Yes, architects law. and engineers and right. real estate people. Well, anybody that's under these limits... Was it 315? Yeah, 315 or 157 single. Yeah. Uh, if you're under those limits, and most people with small businesses make less than that. So if you're under that, it doesn't matter what business you're in, you're going to get a 20% tax deduction. So let's say we have so many people who listen and they have wage income and then they have a side hustle. They got some other income. Would that other income be treated as like with that with that benefit? Yeah, the problems come when you get over these phase-out ranges. Mm-hmm. That's when all these other businesses don't qualify, like uh, accountants of all things <laughs> doesn't qualify. Investment uh, advisor. Right, lawyers, uh, doctors. I mean, you know, why they picked all these industries, you people lose and everybody else gets it. It, it doesn't make sense, but that's what they did. But if you're under those income limits, uh, you're okay. Another thing that's gone, speaking about tax fees, uh, you can't deduct your tax preparation fees. <laughs> and to- you can't and, invest, and, and nor can and you are your investment fees. Right. So that's right. interesting because it was. But there is a way on the tax fees. If you have a small business or you have rental property and you file like a Schedule E or a Schedule C for your sole proprietorship, the tax fees can be applied there and deducted there. Well, big deal. It's like $25 or something, but okay. No. Well, if it, it, then pay I your account that. more. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, um, so will it be easier with a higher standard deduction? Yeah. Well, most people will file a standard deduction. Many more people. Like sp- up to 90% of taxpayers, I it thought? It could be. Yeah. Mm. Could be unless you had high medical or charity, but most of that's figured into the standard deduction. So from that perspective, it will be easier for most people. So it's just getting used to the new forms, but nobody uses forms. Everything's online. So this whole business that it would be a postcard, there is no so such stupid. Thing. I know. 
So, okay, with a higher standard deduction, we also had a big change in rates. Right. Right. So um, the one that I always am really kind of like key in on is this rate of 24% because right. it's a huge rate and a lot of people are in that. Right. So the for- rates have come down low. There will be people paying less tax that are using the standard deduction. But again, as you said, if you're a wage earner, you may not have seen it because you got it back all through the year. What about the rich people, all of your friends uh, <laughs> and your clients? Yeah. So these people, the highest marginal tax rate is 37% plus that 3.8% Medicare yeah, surtax. Income, okay. Right. If you're married filing jointly, that kicks in at 600 grand. Right. That so covers... does that mean if you're like making, let's just do like some of your friends there in Long Island, <laughs> you know, the couple that makes 800 grand, lives in a big house, still itemizes, but caps their SALT deductions, their state and local tax deductions, but their tax rates are lower. Do you think those people are going to pay more or less in They'll taxes? They'll probably pay a little less in tax. Actually, the more you make, the the bigger benefit you have out of this tax law. Good thing well, I sold my book last year, huh? <laughs> yeah. But when you say 37%, that's only the top dollars. That's the marginal rate. Your effective rate can be in the 20% area. What do you think? The effective rate, the rate you actually pay on each dollar earned. Right. Meaning that you Net take- of you, deductions. So what you do is you take your total tax bill, which right. you'll find from your returns, and you take that amount and you say, oh, what did I earn? Here's what I paid. That's really your effective tax rate. Right. Okay. So now let's talk a little bit about when we look at going forward- are you still thinking, because tax rates are going to stay this way till when, 2025? 20, okay. You still say to me, the Ed Slot mantra, I always quote you, this is probably the lowest tax rates yes. you will ever see in your life. Yeah, this is the lowest. This is the time to act. For example, to put money in a Roth IRA, do a Roth conversion. It's kind of counterintuitive, but the best way to pay less tax later when you need the money most in retirement is pay a lower tax now. The way to pay less tax when it counts is to pay some tax now at lower rates. In other words, you're buying the taxes on sale, especially on an IRA or a 401k. That's money you're counting on for retirement. And in retirement, the last thing you want to worry about is tax rates going back up to 30 40 percent okay let me give you a uh, hypothetical because I this person is a friend of mine and asked me you're so, asking for a friend no you will you'll know it's not me <laughs> when I tell you a uh, partner at a law firm yeah makes four million dollars a year right. in New York they introduced a Roth 401k great so I said that sounds like a do to me. That yeah. sounds like a good yeah. thing. Like four Now, million. some people will say, but don't you want to get the big tax break with a regular 401k, a benefit, while you're in a high bracket? That could be right, but you don't know what your future bracket is. Look at the deficits we're piling up. The math is on the wall. At some point, uh, you know, any politician that says, I can cut your taxes, at this point, is just saying, I'm bad at math. Right. Or right. lying. Either one. Well, one I, I or don't the know. Other. Maybe they just, you know, want to believe that rates can stay low forever. You know, Mark Twain had a saying years ago, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And 
we can easily go back to the days of the 70s, 80s, where rates were 70, 80 percent. People think that's a horror, but that's what it was for many, many years. I'm not saying we'll go up to that, but who knows? You could go up to 50 percent. The last thing you want is a 50 percent tax rate in retirement. That means you only have half your money to spend. I'd rather pay the tax now on a Roth conversion and move your money, what I call from forever tax to never tax. You know, it's funny. So I had that exact reaction. And then partner comes back and says, I spoke to my financial guy and my financial guy says, that's crazy because I'm going to be There's no way I'm going to be in the highest tax bracket when I retire. Here's the argument on that. I'll be in a lower tax bracket when I retire. But what they don't realize is if you leave the money, say, in an IRA for retirement, that money is forced out at 70 and a half. Uh, We see clients already that have more income from required minimum distributions than they did their best day on the job. Mm. So you're not... It's not if, but when. This tax will be paid. It's just, it's not if, but when will it be paid? And the lowest rate when it's being paid could be higher than today's rate. Uh, So I think that that's interesting because I have been feeling very much in line with you, which is I know what the number is today. And it's not, and if it were to be lower or if it were a push, a break even, I'm still happy knowing what I have have paid, right? I know what the, 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 the amount is because the future one, I mean, look, it's an unknown. Yeah. It's an unknown. We have, as you said, there are a lot of things that we want to pay for. We also have uh, a bit of a populist backlash where people right. are talking about higher rates. So it's not as if people seem to think that like, well, I look at 37 percent. I'll never be I won't be making 500 grand. You may not be. But the tax rate still may That's be 37 percent. Exactly my point. Right. The, right. And the Roth IRA or any time you can move money now, even at a smaller tax cost to a tax free account, you're removing the uncertainty of what future higher rates can do to your standard of living in retirement when the paychecks stop and you're the most vulnerable and you need every cent. And then it is nice to know that that money has already been taxed. And yeah, it's I don't have to... paid for. It's like a, a free and clear house. That's what I always compare it to. Do you want to pay off your mortgage so you don't have the problem later? What if you had a mortgage in retirement? That could be a problem. So I love that. What about so you think tax rates are going to go up? What do you At think? At some point. And what in do you, the what about capital gains going into the same as your marginal? Do you think that that's a possibility? Well, you know, we had that for a short time in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I really don't see why, I mean, I'll probably get a big backlash, why certain, uh, why your labor is taxed higher than your investment income. And you're this, not some, like, bleeding heart <laughs> no, person. You are not. I'm a, you know, I believe in a fair system. You shouldn't pick winners and losers. Why is somebody's labor uh, taxed more than somebody who you know makes money on investments. That's why Warren Buffett always says he's in a lower bracket than his secretary because she has labor and he has capital gains. At some point, it could be likely that those rates will merge. They'll be the same. That's really what it should be, I think. You know, no matter how you earn your income shouldn't determine wh- what your taxes are. Well, let's talk a little bit about also some of the like we saw in this tax this tax change that we had a limit on state and local tax deduction. But before they did that, they did float the idea of throwing out mortgage interest deduction. 
Do you think that that's something that could get thrown out in the future? I don't think so. Too, it would kill the housing market. Even the salt cap, well, it, it didn't affect the mortgage, in, but there is a cap, but it's a very high cap. Right. But it's, maybe yeah, it went from a million to 750 yeah, right? It, maybe that's the tip of the iceberg. But you don't want to destroy the housing market. In fact, somebody just asked me on the way over here today, uh, you know, is the deduction, is that a good time? You know, they figure the deduction is figured in. When people go to buy a house and they figure, well, you'll get this deduction, so it's not really costing right. as much. They figure that into the cash flow. But I still, I think, oddly enough, in in the the fair system, I think it is unfair to promote home ownership over renting. Yeah. I just the same think that, as my uh, yeah. what I just said about how you earned your money. Exactly. I I really do. I think that that's been always unfair, and I get the whole you know that. Home ownership should be a path to the whatever. I just think it's yeah. overstated. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about. So your favorite always is the Roth. We right. love that. I love having tax-free money for your retirement. And to all the young people, if you have young people listening, we got plenty of. All them. right. Uh, this is a no-brainer. It's a slam dunk. There are things. Well, you know, and I'm sure you give this advice all the time. You you don't really know. It depends on facts and circumstances. Right. Wishy-washy, probably, right. maybe, could be. Just do it. With the Roth for young people, uh, it's a slam dunk. Every young person should be doing a Roth 401k at work. We didn't have that option to start from day one building a tax-free savings account, a Roth IRA. So here's my advice for all the my, our kids, the millennials, mm-hmm. stop taking pictures of your food and open a Roth IRA. <laughs> Wait a minute. We just have the name of the show. Stop taking pictures of your food. Open a Roth. My kids are in their 20s. They, they, oh, look, a hamburger. I haven't seen one of those yeah, before. Yeah, it's amazing. I was like, well, how about enjoy the experience and don't document it? Um, Health care costs going up. Lots oh, going yeah. on there, That's right? That's a tough one. And you talk about the health savings accounts. And and this is a very uh, a bit of a thorny issue because- not everybody has access to a health savings right. account. It's a, it's an outlier, but it's just something to know that you have an account that actually is triple tax free. They used to say that with bonds, you know, federal, state, and city, yep. triple tax free, because you get a deduction going in. It grows tax free, and if you use it for health costs, it's tax free coming out. And unlike most flexible savings, there's no worry about what use needs to lose, lose, use it or lose it or carry forward. This is yours for life, and uh, and, not, and it, if once you're on Medicare at sixty five, you can't use you, it. You yeah. can't use it, but you could use the money that was oh, yeah, in yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, You just can't add. You yeah. can, right. So you can't add to it. By the way, all of these, the the earned income tax credit, which is still a, a big credit. Right. There's also the, the new child tax that credit. That's a big say. deal, but it's a little sneaky. Uh, it's under 17. Now, that's great. So that could replace the benefit, the lost benefit of the exemption. But when you have older kids, that's when you need the exempt. That's when you need that credit. They may be going to college. You have other expenses. They're still in the house. Right. And then the credit drops to like $500. 500 bucks, because yeah. that's the other. But what do you have to do to claim your parent as a dependent? Because well, I noticed they said it says other family, not just kids over 17. They say other family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's been around. I mean, if you have a, a family member, it doesn't have to be a pair. It could be anybody. Right. Somebody lives in your house. You're providing the support, more than half the support. Yeah, you can you can claim that person. That hasn't changed. All right. Estate tax. 
Estate tax? Estate tax, estate tax. Yeah, that's bizarre. I mean, there is no estate tax anymore. And I, I'm amazed that I, I think a couple of weeks ago, one of the congressmen brought up, you know, we've got to eliminate the estate tax. For, for what? The three remaining people that might pay it? Yeah, I mean, it's Warren Buffett's going to get hit. It's a $22 million exemption per couple. Uh, it's $11.4 million per person on the federal level. That's $22.8 million a couple. I don't know that that many people, uh, the number is a minuscule percentage of 1% that this applies to. Yeah, I remember so, in the old system when it was like 5 million, it was, it was something like two tenths of 1%. Right. And there was like, there were 13,000 estate tax returns filed. And that was even, that was like for past ones also. So why are the states not aligning with the federal. Yeah, that's a problem. There is a gap. Like in New York State, there's a gap of uh, they have around 5 million. So, But still a big exemption. But some states are lower because of revenue. Yeah, Massachusetts is a million. Yeah. You could live. You could just have a house and basically right. be there, which is crazy. Right. Give us the, sort of the three big mistakes that people need to avoid this tax season. All right. Well, on the IRA contributions, that's the one thing you can still fix from last year. So on the IRA, I always say make your IRA contributions early in the year. Uh, so now you want to do it for 2019. But if you didn't do 18, you can still do 18 up to April 15th. When you go back, the mistake is people go do their taxes now, right? Mm -hmm. And then the accountant, and I, I am one, I'm a CPA, and I have to say this about my profession, we're basically only history teachers. We tell people what already happened. So they go to their accountants, and, they, oh, and the accountant is saying the same thing every, oh, you know, you should have done this. Oh, you didn't do, oh, you're too bad. You should have done this. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. So maybe change the equation and look ahead. Now, it's hard to compare two systems. We have two different systems, 17 and 18. But this year, take the results of 18 and do something about it now going forward. So in the accountant or your tax preparer, or even if you're looking at a screen on TurboTax or something, even them, they're probably saying, oh, you should have done that. Mm -hmm. Did you Or the last, did you do that? You'll sit there and say, oh, no, I didn't do it. So, so go, think ahead. Be proactive instead of reactive. What about the actual completion of the returns? I think that all those crazy expenses that people tried to deduct are no longer yeah, allowable. Yeah, the miscellaneous itemized that, deductions. So that's all done anyway. Yeah. What about like people who do work out of their homes? Should they worry about being an audit flag if you claim that your house is your office well, and that kind of stuff? Well, there's a form for it. And you, you have to be legitimate. You know, you can't... Uh, uh, ha say you're using your whole house exclusively for work. At some place you have to sleep and eat and do other things besides work. And also the IRS budget's been hacked away so yeah, much. Yeah, but you that's not a get... reason. I'm totally <laughs> you know, that reminds me, I get this question all the time from tax professionals at seminars, and they'll ask me, uh, they'll talk about a certain deduction, and then it'll always come up that says, but how are they going to know? Mm. And I always answer the same way. I don't know. Ask the guy in the cell next to you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, well, all... I'll tell you something funny about that. I had read um, like uh, a report about what triggers an audit in the I And the IRS has... Yeah. triggers that are electronic triggers, right? So it's right. like your income's really different from one year to the next. Based they, on where you live, too. Right? And so yeah. they have these triggers. And one of the big triggers was the home office deduction. I don't think it's as big anymore and with I, the gig economy I, now. So, almost, almost, I mean, there are a lot of, I don't know the statistics, maybe you know it, but a ton of people work remotely all over the country. I know. And so I have always had 
you know, I don't have an office at CBS. I work. Right. Mo- I never have claimed it ever because I feel like mm, I'm not going to be. Nah, a, I'm I not think it's more involved. normal than anything no, now. I'm not that normal. Yeah. yeah forget it. Um, what else do I need to know coming in and coming out of tax season? Maybe it's something like, hey, don't wait until the last goddamn minute to do your taxes. <laughs> I, know, I know. I get people, you know, I had a client tell me he was all upset at the bank because they couldn't do something and uh, he wanted it done. And I said, well, when did this happen? He said, well, December 31st, I went in. I said, then that's on you. Exactly. So it's <laughs> Who on- goes into a financial institution? Half, first of all, I got to tell you, that last week of the year, anybody, if you're relying on a financial institution, bank, broker, fund company, anybody at that institution that knows anything knows to be on vacation that week. Exactly. <laughs> so if you're thinking about the new tax law, still, would you would rank... Roth being your favorite thing ever. I take advantage of low rates. What about QCD? You still yeah. love that. Uh, I love that, but the only problem is it, it applies only to a limited population. But everybody giving to charity, it's great you brought that up, qualified charitable distributions. It only applies to people over 70 and a half years old that have IRAs and have RMDs from these IRAs. It's a way to move the money from directly from the IRA to charity and offset the income. It lowers your income. And I'm not telling people, people get confused. They say, oh, if you give more to charity, you get a bigger break. No, I'm saying give the same, just give it a different way. Use this qualified, some people call it the charitable IRA rollover, but it's the QCD, as you said, and you will pay less tax giving the same money, but they haven't been doing. This is one of those things that are going to happen to people right now when they're doing their taxes and they give the accountant all the receipts for charity and the accountant says, you don't even qualify for this because you're taking a standard deduction. With the QCD, you get the standard deduction and in effect, the charitable deduction. You don't get both. Actually, it's better than an extra deduction because it's an exclusion from income. It lowers your adjusted gross income, which is a key figure on the return that triggers all other benefits. So anybody that qualifies, it's only for IRA owners who are 70 and a half years old or older, but that's the way to give charity. Yeah, I I did it for my mom. She yeah, it's loved a great it. Move. She said it was great. It's a little bit of a paperwork pain in the butt, but well, it was charities fine. are behind the eight ball, which I don't understand because it's hard to get them to change their ways. Stop writing checks and go to the charity and say you want to make some real money. Every charity wants money. Try uh, helping people do these qualified direct transfers. Then you'll see money rolling in on automatic. So if you're a charity listening, this is the way to bring in big money. Do you think that the charitable giving will drop because of the change in the tax code? I don't know. Code? People say that maybe for the big, big time gifts and the, the, the heavy hitters. Yeah, but those hitters. people are going to keep giving. Right. In other words, they're going to keep itemizing. So right. I don't think that's it. I'm wondering if it's like, you know, know, your the, schnorr friend, uh, you know, who's like, nah, I'm not going to give money because I, no, I paid I more in taxes. I think most people give because they want to give. Too. I do, you too. Know? I do, too. You know, I never, uh, oh, I'm not giving to the church because of tax. I, mm-hmm. I never heard that. No, I don't either. I don't either. What advice do you have for us giving advice to people who call up about taxes? Should we tell them to shut the blank up because taxes are really low? Taxes are really low, but what I'm hearing is uh, obviously because of the government shutdown, the IRS, they said they're back. That's going to push them back about, last I saw was about 18 months. 
And so there's not a lot of help if you're a do-it-yourselfer. So you've got two things working against you. Uh, you've got a new tax system and no r- real help from the IRS. It, this may be the year to hire an accountant or get some professional help so you can take advantage of all the new uh, quirks on this tax system. There are resources at the IRS on the website. Oh, yeah. And they're great. I will say that if you really want to see your tax dollars at work, the IRS website is yes. quite good. And they have a professional section. I know a lot of professionals look at it for advice. And the thing that's good about it, you can rely on that. Now, there may be errors on there, but it will work in your favor. I mean, you'll never get hit with a penalty because you relied on something that was on the IRS website. That's right. Once and for all, (laughs) six years or seven years do you have to keep your tax stuff? Well... Really, only three years. Uh, uh, six years, you know, if you have a gross understatement, and there's no statute of limitations for fraud. Okay. But what was the seven-year number? Wasn't there a seven-year that was fraud? Yeah, people around? said that. First of all, you should keep certain things based on assets you still hold, like costs of stocks, money you put into right. a house or real estate right. until you sell that property, and then at least three years after that. So three years for sure, six years to be yeah, safe. Yeah, right. Okay. That's it. You're done. You're yeah. out of here. You're going back. You're going back to the island. You got other stuff to do in the city today or what? <laughs> no, no. I'm going to head right back. But I will tell you, a lot of the paperwork has been uh, eliminated with things online. You can keep copies. You can scan documents. A lot of this, you don't have to keep all this paper anymore. Yeah, exactly. Purge. Get the shredder. Fire up the shredder. Right. Get rid of your crap. Marie Kondo your tax files. Yeah, right, right. Ed Slot, thank you so much. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you to Ed Slot. He is always so smart and really useful information. Don't forget, we drop new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. If you've got a financial question, maybe as you start your tax planning, you've got a question, let us know. Send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our very sick, but happily my executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13, and we'll see you next week. 